Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 5 called Finding Help in Times of Trouble. Would you look at Job 5-7 again? It says, for man is born for trouble as sparks fly upward. Can I ask you tonight, is that true? Is man born for trouble? Can I say to you tonight, that's not why you were born. You were not born for trouble or to be in trouble or to cause trouble. You were born for something else. And I wonder, as I throw that out to you tonight, what you might speak back to me. I was born for this. And do you know why you were born? Well, one of the reasons that you were born is you were fearfully and wonderfully made, and you are God's workmanship, Ephesians 2.10. You've been created or recreated in Christ Jesus for good works that God prepared beforehand that you should what? Walk in them. God has a plan and a purpose for your life, and that plan and purpose is not for trouble. It's actually for good. In fact, God is working all things together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. Now, sometimes trouble gets us there. (laughs) Amen. Sometimes we have to hit rock bottom to get to that point where we understand what God's trying to do in our life. Sometimes we take a a route that's a little longer, like the children of Israel wandering in the desert, right? Sometimes we have to relearn lessons over and over and over again. Turn to Psalm 46 for a second. I want to give you some encouragement. The word for trouble is tribulation in the uh, English in the New Testament. It's a word that we're familiar with in an end times context. And here's what the Bible says about trouble. One of many places we could go, but this is one that I thought might minister to you tonight. It says, Psalm 46, verse 1, just a little bit to your right. God is our refuge and strength. Psalm 46, verse 1, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake at its swelling pride. Selah, that's a pause, ponder, think about it. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling places of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations made an uproar. The kingdoms tottered. He raised his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Here's another pause and ponder. Come, behold the works of the Lord, who has wrought desolations in the earth. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariots with fire. Cease striving. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord, is, uh, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob or Israel is our stronghold. Selah, pause, ponder, meditate, think about it. 
You see, you were not born for trouble. Sometimes life is going to throw you some trouble. You were born to glorify God and to live out his plan for your life, to find fullness of life. Jesus said, I came that they might have life and have it to the full. But Job's friends came, and they heard him give this speech about all of his trouble, and he cursed the day, the night of his conception. He cursed the night of his birth, the birth announcement, and he, was, he didn't know how to make sense of his trouble. And without spiritual eyes, the natural man cannot understand the things of the Spirit. Imagine right now a world where we try to analyze the trouble, and this is what a lot of people are doing, we try to figure out what's behind the trouble, what's really going on, and how do we fix it devoid of the gospel. And some of us were there, right? We had lived our lives without Jesus, without hope, without God in our lives, without God in the world, as Ephesians 2 puts it. And we were in the futility of our own minds. In fact, most of us would have to admit that we were largely driven by pragmatism. That means whatever was pragmatic, whatever worked for me, whatever Work for me, myself, and I. That's pretty much what I did, right? I got there one way or the other because that's really what the world told me to do. Well, Job has been walking with God. He's been careful about his life. He's an upright man. And now all this trouble has come to him, and his friends have come to try to figure it out. And so Eliphaz continues in chapter 5, verse 1, finding help in times of trouble. And he says, call now. Is there anyone who will answer you? And to which of the holy ones will you turn? Now, Eliphaz is speaking, and Job is listening. God is listening. The other friends are listening. And he says, call now. Will anyone answer you? Sometimes in life, we can feel that way, right? We can, we can wonder if our prayers are going any higher than the ceiling. We can wonder if God is really with us in times of trouble. I just read Psalm 46 to you to let you know that there is someone who will answer you when you call. Now, he may not always answer you the way you want to be answered. <laughs> he might not always deliver you in the way that you want to be delivered. But God is faithful. He's an ever-present help in time of trouble and in time of need. And he will give you what you need in that moment. He will be shaping you. Well, here... Eliphaz is trying to make the, the best of what he understands Job is going through. And he's asking a question that one writer says is, even though it's a question that seems hopeless, it's actually a question that is pregnant with hope. He says, to which of the holy ones will you turn? See the phrase holy ones there? That's used many times of the angels. Deuteronomy 33.2 says, and he said, the Lord came from Sinai. He dawned on them from Seir. He shone forth from Mount Paran. He came forth in the midst of 10,000 holy ones, and his right hand there was flashing lightning for them. In Jude 14, only one chapter, it says, Behold, the Lord came with many thousands of his holy ones. The Bible talks about the holy ones, and the holy ones in this setting are angels. In the Bible, we are not called to turn to angels as our answer. Now, we know that in the Bible, God often dispatches angels, and angels are ministering spirits come to minister to those who will inherit salvation. In the book of Matthew, for example, an angel came to Joseph and reassured him that he could go ahead and uh, marry Mary, <laughs> and that 
the child that was in her was uh, the Messiah. A warning came in a dream. And then he was told that he could go back. There's angelic visitations in the birth narratives and in the book of Revelation. But we are never told in the Bible that we're to call to an angel to get help. In fact, we are told in the book of Colossians that people are wrong when they worship angels. Now, I think we could pray a prayer like this. Lord, would you surround this place with your angels? I often pray that. But I'm asking God to send his angels, if you will. I'm not appealing to an angel. And remember, Eliphaz has limited knowledge. And so what he says is, is there a holy one that you could call to? Is there somebody that could be a mediator for you? I want you to step back from what you know of the Christian faith right now. And if you were a person who maybe didn't know much or you didn't have a Bible, what, how would you make sense of this? See, the ancients used to think that the throne room of God was really inaccessible to man. And do you know that the way that you have access to God is through a mediator because there is one God and one mediator between God and man, that is the man, Christ Jesus. But what if you didn't have Jesus? What if you didn't have Jesus as your mediator, as your go-between? What, what if you couldn't access the throne of God whenever you decided to pray, whenever you were in a time of trouble? What if you couldn't be assured that he would pick up the phone when you call? Wouldn't that be a bummer? Do you understand how significant it is that you have a mediator named Jesus Christ who ever lives to intercede for you? who's often waiting for you to call? It is amazing for us to think about the fact that without the gospel of Jesus Christ, we, we, would, be, we would have something between us and God. And what is between us and God? It is our sin, and sin separates us from God. And Jesus is the bridge that brings us back to God. And sometimes we just take that for granted as Christians. Oh, yeah, I can pray whenever I want. I could just bow my head when I'm ready. But it is such good news to have a mediator between God and man. Now, we're in the book of Job. This is way back. This is before the Messiah was born in Bethlehem. And so here's Eliphaz trying to encourage his friend. And maybe there's some hope in this. But he says, if you called out, would anybody answer you? To which of the holy ones will you turn? Well, the angels are not the answer, and Jesus is not an angel. The book of Hebrews tells us some important things that we should look at. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 1. Uh, Hebrews, uh, the writer of Hebrews is making sure we understand Jesus' superiority to everything else, including the angels. Take a look with me. This is Hebrews 1. Look at verse 5. Hebrews 1 verse 5. The Lord says, to which of the angels did he ever say, you are my son, today I've begotten you. This is uh, Hebrews 1 verse 5. And again, I will be a father to him and he shall be a son to me. And when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all the who? All the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he says, who makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. But of the Son, the Father says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The righteous scepter is the scepter of his kingdom. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Pastor Michael Lance has invited you to celebrate Easter at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. Early risers can come to the first service at 6 a.m. Just bring a chair and a blanket, maybe a carafe of coffee or whatever you need. And we'll be celebrating the Lord early in the morning as the sun comes up. You're also invited to worship with us at the 10 a.m. service live streamed on the Living Truth YouTube channel. Now, if you haven't been to church in like a year, and remember the shutdowns really came into effect around Easter time last year. It was strange not to be together with the church last Easter. That's not going to happen this year. We're going to be with the saints of God, man. And if you haven't been to church for a while, what a great time to come back. Visit Living Truth Christian Fellowship on Easter Sunday at 6 a.m. or 10 a.m. But if you live outside Southern California or can't attend service, you're still invited to worship with us at 10 a.m. Live streamed on the Living Truth Christian Fellowship YouTube channel. Visit walkintruth.com and click on YouTube or download the free Living Truth app. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walkin' Truth. The book of Hebrews tells us some important things that we should look at. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 1. Uh, Hebrews, uh, the writer of Hebrews is making sure we understand Jesus' superiority to everything else, including the angels. Take a look with me. This is Hebrews 1. Look at verse 5. Hebrews 1 verse 5. The Lord says, To which of the angels did he ever say, You are my son, today I have begotten you. This is uh, Hebrews 1, verse 5. And again, I will be a father to him, and he shall be a son to me. And when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all the who? All the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he says, who makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. But of the son, the father says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever The righteous scepter is the scepter of his kingdom. In Hebrews chapter 1, God the Father calls God the Son God, and he tells the other angels to worship him. Look at verse 13, chapter 1. But to which of the angels has he ever said, and the answer is none, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. You see, Jesus Christ is God the second person of the Holy Trinity, and he is your access. He lives to intercede for you. He's your great high priest. Flip over to Hebrews 2, look at verse 18. Hebrews 2, 18 says, for since he himself, Jesus, was tempted in that which he suffered, he has suffered, he is able to come to the aid of those who are tempted. Could I say it this way? To those who are any, in any kind of trouble, he is able to come to your aid. When you call, he will answer. He will in no way uh, kick you out or say, you know what? No, I'm tired of listening to you about that one. But I'm in trouble, Lord. I'm sorry. I'm sick and tired of hearing this same prayer request. I'm tired of you having this same hang-up, Michael, this same problem. When are you going to get over this? 
Now, that's what some of my human friends might say to me, right? But that's not Jesus. In fact, in Hebrews 4, it says these words. Since we have 4.14 of Hebrews, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, 4.14. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, in light of who Jesus is, let us draw near with what? With confidence. Not to the throne of judgment, but to the throne of grace, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in what? In time of need or time of trouble, Jesus Christ is there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are there when I'm in trouble. And you can empathize and sympathize with my weaknesses, with my times of trouble. Here's the question back to Job. Is there anybody who would answer when you call out? Are there any of these holy ones, says Eliphaz, that would be available to you, Job, should you cry out? Remember, Job's been, been speaking about the day of his uh, conception and birth and he's bummed about it. He wants it erased from the calendar. But there is one who can mediate. And he is coming. See, Job at this point, he has a sense that a redeemer is coming, but he doesn't know who he is. He doesn't know the full story that God's going to become one of us in the person of Jesus Christ. He doesn't know that hope yet. So here he is in times of trouble. And we get a little glimpse of the gospel. Back to Job 5, look at verse 2. For vexation, Job 5.2, NIV has it as resentment, slays the foolish man, Eliphaz speaking to Job, and anger or jealousy or envy kills the simple. Now, even though Eliphaz is trying to encourage his friend, you're going to notice that there's some correction in his speech or his sermon. He's saying, hey, Job, you're pretty vexed right now, and that slays a foolish man. And anger or envy kills the simple. Well, now, would you all agree that Eliphaz has this one right? Resentment ends up killing us. If you bear resentment in your heart and you hold on to grudges and you continue to sweep them over the, under the rug over and over again, it's going to end up hurting you. If you have unresolved anger in your heart, it often turns to resentment. And anger or jealousy, uh, ESV, can kill the simple. Eliphaz quotes what one writer says is a proverb about the damage of undealt anger in our lives. These words, says one author, describe the burning angry emotions that motivate one to erratic behavior and the desire for revenge. Such strong emotion kills the fool and slays the simple. The words used for fool and simple encompass the full range of foolish people. How many people have done silly things because they have not dealt with their anger? And we all can have anger manifest itself in different ways. And Eliphaz is certainly concerned about his friend, right? He's heard his friend talk about his, his own life like he never wanted it to exist. He says, I have seen the foolish taking root and I cursed his abode or his house immediately. In verse 3 of Job 5, after quoting a proverb, Eliphaz appeals once again to what he has seen. He's seen a foolish man taking root. 
Have you ever seen a company make a hire and maybe you were one of the employees and you saw that person for who they really were and the other people didn't see it or maybe you knew something and that person gets hired and I don't think Eliphaz is saying, I curse that. I think Eliphaz is saying, I can see what's coming here. We could put it this way. There goes the neighborhood. Because sometimes if a fool enters into a position of power and authority or influence, what do we know is going to happen next? Unless that fool becomes wise and they take root in that neighborhood, that position, that family, that relationship, those roots are going to be affecting other people. Amen? The fool impacts people just like the wise man impacts people. And I have a question for you because this is how the Bible lays this out. If you want to be a wise man, you walk according to God's principles. If you want to be a fool, you reject God's principles. But you never, please hear me, you never do it in a vacuum. Your decision-making will affect other people around you. And this particular uh, picture of a foolish man taking root is used in a negative sense, but it's used in a positive in Psalm 1 of a man or woman of God who meditates on the Word of God how often? Day and night. Not just once a week, not 1.5 times a month when you show up. The evangelical average of church attendance, 1.5 times a month. What in the world is going on with that? How do we get a half a time? I can tell you. It's the people halfway there. Hope that's not you tonight. Anyway. You know, they say of trees that what you see above the ground is roughly equivalent to the depth of the roots below the ground. And the fruit that you produce in your life will be equivalent to how deep your roots go. You've been listening to Finding Help in Times of Trouble, part one on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter five. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Walk in Truth on this station. Walk in Truth is also available on your podcast app. On there, you can listen to all of Pastor Michael's previous teachings in the book of Psalms, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, Galatians, Revelation, and many more. Listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want on apps like Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more. Listen to Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a word. Well, as we think about finding help in troubled times, you know, one of the places that we find our hope and help, of course, the main place is in the Lord, but the Lord also uses people. In fact, his body, think of that metaphor, is his hands and his feet, his mouthpiece to the world. And so since the Lord has decided to use the church, it's important that you reach out to others and others can reach out to you. Now, maybe you've been hurt in the past and you hear pastors, you hear me say, you need fellowship, you need community, but maybe you've recoiled from that because you've been hurt, you've been disappointed. Hey, look, we understand that. But trying to be a solo Christian is just so difficult. It's really not what the Christian life was intended to be. It's intended to be a body life. It's intended to be a gathering so that we can fulfill the one another commands and love each other. In fact, Jesus said, people will know that we belong to him by our love 
one for another, which means it has to be demonstrated in a group setting where we love each other. And so maybe you've been disappointed. Maybe you've been let down. And if you have, I'm sorry. But you know what? Maybe it's time to give another shot at the church. And maybe the truth is we put too much dependence on people and maybe we, in an unhealthy way, we put people on pedestals. You know, we can respect people, but we have to realize that everybody's human. And maybe by giving the church another shot again, that will open your heart to hope again. If we can help you in any way with that, you can reach out to us at at 844-48-TRUTH. And remember, you can reach out to us during normal business hours Tuesday through Friday. We just had a radio listener call into the hotline and get some prayer. 844-48-TRUTH. Do that today. If you need help in knowing how to walk with the Lord, maybe you need a Bible, whatever it may be. You might you might have a question you just want to ask a pastor. 844-48-TRUTH. This is Pastor Michael. It's Walk in Truth. Excited that you're listening. We'll see you right here tomorrow. One more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Thanks to listeners and church partners like you, we're now on three more radio stations. So praise God. If you're a longtime listener, please become a partner of at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. Remember, we've skipped over some of Pastor Michael's teachings in the book of Job. But you can listen or watch those teachings when you download our free Living Truth app. It's the one with the red logo with the pillars. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter five called Finding Help in Times of Trouble. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.